Turn your Bibles, if you would, this evening to the book of Romans in chapter 3. Romans in chapter 3, we're also going to be turning to Genesis chapter 3 to get our reading tonight as we open up the 18th lesson in the doctrine, the Bible doctrines. This is the doctrine of sin. And I would that you would very be very focused tonight. Here you don't know the Lord your Savior. I want you to know tonight that there is a remedy for sin. There is a remedy that can take care of the consequence of sin. There's a remedy that can take care of the origin of sin. It's found in Jesus Christ. But before we get to that point tonight, we do want to look at the things that are mentioned about the, the onset of sin, or at, at least as much as we can know the very beginning of sin, according to Scripture. Romans in chapter 3 and beginning at verse 9, I want you to think about something here with us now. As we look at the doctrine of sin, the Bible says, What then? Are we better than they? No, in no wise, for we have before proved, both Jews and Gentiles, that they are all under sin. As it is written, there is none righteous, no, not one. There is none that understandeth. There is none that seeketh after God. They are all gone out of the way. They are altogether become unprofitable. There is none that doeth good, no, not one. Their throat is an open sepulcher. With their tongues they have used deceit. The poison of asp is under their lips, whose mouth is full of cursings and bitterness. Their feet are swift to shed blood. Destruction and misery are in their ways. And the way of peace they have not known. And this is the very reason that you see the total depravity of man. You see it begin to wash out in man's emotions, in his attitudes, his demeanor. The reason why today that so many walk around in this world without any regard to God is simply because they have no fear of God in their eyes. There is no fear of God in the eyes of most that we call sinners today. If they understood the righteous God and they understood the holiness of that righteous God, there would definitely be fear. And I'm talking about a, a, a mortal fear that would cause them to shake in their shoes. But also they would have the reverence, which is the fear that we speak of here. If they really knew God as He is, they would hold Him in high reverence. And they would dare not speak against that living God. In Genesis chapter 3, we see an entity that spoke against God. Now this is the origin of sin that we're going to look at here tonight. And I want to look at this and I want you to think about what is being said. A lot of times we ask, 
where did sin begin? And I've had men to look at me and they'd say, well, it began with Eve. And I've had others to look at me and say, well, it began with Adam. And I've heard others say, well, it began with Adam and Eve. But I want to go a lot deeper than that tonight. I want to show you really where sin began. Sin began with Lucifer. Lucifer, he set him, he wanted to set himself up above God. Isaiah tells us that very plainly. And he had pride in his heart. That pride caused him to mislead Adam and Eve. Well, Eve to begin with, then Adam. And I believe we're going to show you tonight that that is the beginning of sin. That, as far as we can understand, and as far as the Bible goes back, now this is as far as the Bible goes, is back to uh, uh, the beginning of, of heaven and earth, of, of the universe that was created. Lucifer was there. I want you to think about this now. Lucifer was there. The Bible says in chapter 3 and verse 1, Now the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. Now, this, this, this being is actual creation of the God of heaven. And I want you to look at where it says here, And he said unto the woman, Yea, hath God said, Ye shall not eat of every tree of the garden? I mean, you could just imagine how Satan is coming across with this this serpent as he is maybe coiled up around this tree that Eve was looking at so intently because the Bible says that it was it was favorable to look upon. I mean it was a it was a goodly tree. It was a tree that had had beauty about it. Not just not just the fruit. I believe it was a beautiful tree. Here this serpent comes into play. And the woman said unto the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God hath said, God hath said, you get what I'm saying here now, she already knows that God had told Adam. Oftentimes you hear people say, Well, Adam should have warned his wife. Well, Evidently, Adam had warned his wife because here she makes the statement that God hath said. She understood. She understood what God said here. And again, God hath said, You shall not eat of it, neither shall you touch it, lest you die. For, and, and verse 4, the Bible says, And the serpent said unto the woman, Ye shall not surely die. Is a... He was playing on her physical thoughts rather than the spiritual. He was in a misleading, it was a misleading number that was going forth here. And he was saying, you're not going to die. He was causing doubt to come into her mind. He was causing her to, to have doubt in her mind about what God had already said. Listen, don't eat of it. 
And he told her, he told her, why then? Because ye shall surely die. And, and, and now this serpent here, this Lucifer, this being, is telling her, no, you're not going to die. You know, I hear people all the time, they talk about living it up. And talk about going out and sowing your wild oats or live it up and just have a good time. You only hear once, live it. Well, I think it's on the, it's on the back of a, 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 a tire cover that I saw on a Jeep the other day. One life, live it. And, you know, I mean, that is really... What it's saying is just get out and enjoy and live it up. There's nothing else for you. Live it up. But folks, I'll tell you, if man done what was right, if man done what he should do, he would live it up for the glory of God then. How's that? He would do what was right in the sight of God and he would do it for his glory and for his honor. That's living it up. But that's not what the intent of the, of the wording is. It is simply go out and live the way you want to. This is what the serpent was, uh, had beguiled Eve. He said, You shall not surely die, for God doth know that in the day that ye eat thereof, ye, your, then your eyes shall be opened, and ye shall be as gods, knowing good and evil. When the woman saw that the tree was good for food and that it was pleasant to the eyes and the tree to be desired to make one wise, she took of the fruit thereof and did eat and gave also unto her husband with her, and he did eat. The eyes of them both were opened, and they knew that they were naked. And they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves aprons, and they heard the voice of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day, and Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God amongst the trees of the garden. And the Lord God called unto Adam and said unto him, Where art thou? And he said, I heard thy voice in the garden. I was afraid because I was naked and I hid myself. And he said, Who told thee that thou was naked? Hast thou eaten of the tree whereof I commanded thee that thou shouldest not eat? And the man said, The woman which whom thou gavest to be, un, to, gavest to be with me, she gave of the tree and I did eat. You know, it's just like everything that goes on today. Everybody wants to pass a buck, don't they? It ain't my fault. It was their fault. They're the ones that done that. It ain't my kid. It was their kid. You hear it all the time, don't you? The Bible goes on to say in uh, verse 13, And the Lord God said unto the woman, What is this that thou hast done? And the woman said, The serpent beguiled me, and I did eat. And the Lord God said unto the serpent, Because thou hast done this, thou art cursed above all cattle, and above every beast of the field upon the belly shalt thou go, and the dust shalt thou eat of the days of thy life. And I will put enmity between thee and the woman, and between thy seed and her seed. And it shall bruise thy head, and thou shalt bruise his heel. And unto the woman he said, I will greatly multiply thy sorrow, 
and thy con- in thy conception in sorrow that thou shalt bring forth children, and thy desire shall be to thy husband, and he shall rule over thee. And unto Adam he said, Because thou hast hearkened unto the voice of thy wife, and hast eaten of the tree of which I commanded thee, saying, Thou shalt not eat of it, cursed is the ground for thy sake. In sorrow thou shalt eat of all the days of thy life. Thorns and also and thistles shall it bring forth unto thee. Thou shalt eat the herb of the field, and in the sweat of thy face shalt thou eat bread till thou return unto the ground. For out of it was thou taken, for dust thou art, and unto dust shalt thou return. Heavenly Father, Lord, tonight as we bow in your presence, we do thank you for this privilege to be able to gather once again to worship you in spirit and truth. Lord, I pray tonight that you would guide our thoughts. You would guide our words that they may be true and they may be right. Lord, I pray for thy righteous judgment and discerning of the word that is spoken. Lord, I pray that you'll bless your people. Lord, I pray for the lost around us that they may come to understand their great need. Because of the problem with sin, Lord, all mankind is thrust into a downward spiral. And I pray, Father, that the lost ones around us may come to realize that they too are in need. So, Lord, tonight I pray, direct thy words, save souls and save lives. And, Father, forgive us our sin in Jesus Christ's name. And amen. Emmanuel, to our visiting friends, our lesson tonight has to deal with the doctrine of sin. Maybe you know it as the first sin. Man's fall. Adam's transgression or Eve's shortcoming. But as I said earlier on the onset of a reading, I wish to dive a little deeper and find out sin's origin or sin's beginnings. You know, man, and, and one thing we're going to be looking at here not too awful far away is uh, the total depravity of man. There's not one ounce. I don't care what anybody tells you. There is not one spark of good in man that God would even dare try to use to bring him into salvation. There is no goodness in man whatsoever. As good as you can be and as righteous as you can live, you're still tainted material as far as God is concerned because of the fall back in the Garden of Eden. When sin was originated as far as we know upon this earth and upon upon the heavens that, that are above us, I want you to think about this is the problem that all mankind have come to deal with tonight. So as we look at this, we want to look first of all, and let's find what the origin of sin actually is. Now I believe... In the first five verses of Scripture here tonight, in, in Genesis, I should say, in Genesis chapter 3, verse 1 through 5, we see where sin began 
as far as the Garden of Eden and their own past is concerned. Now the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field, which the Lord God had made, and he said unto the woman, Yea, hath God said, Ye shall not eat of every tree of the garden? And the woman said unto the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God hath said, Ye shall not eat of it, neither shall ye touch it, lest you die. And the serpent said unto the woman, Ye shall not surely die, for God doth know that in the day that you eat thereof, then your eyes shall be opened, and ye shall be as gods, knowing good and evil." Now in this text, we actually see from whence sin first arrived on the scene. Satan's attempt to fool Eve is the beginning of man's downfall. But Satan already had a pride problem. In Genesis chapter 3 and verse 1 again, it says the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field which the Lord God hath made. Now that word subtle there in the Hebrew is, is arum. And, and what it means, it means to be cunning. That word subtle means to be cunning. And usually that was in a bad light, in a bad sense of the word to be cunning. In other words, gifted at being crafty at deception. He was shrewd. This is sin's origin. Lucifer himself. As a matter of fact, we go to Isaiah 14, which I spoke of earlier tonight. In Isaiah chapter 14, I want you to notice what it says here now. Isaiah 14, began reading at verse 9. I want you to just think about what is being said here. How from beneath is moved for thee to meet thee at thy coming. It stirreth up the dead for thee. Even all the chief ones of the earth. It have raised up from their thrones and all kings of all the nations. All they speak and say unto thee, Art thou also become weak as we? Art thou become like unto us? Thy pomp is brought down to the grave, and the noise of thy vows, the worms is spread under the tree, and the worms cover thee. How art thou fallen, O Lucifer, son of the morning? How art thou fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning? How art thou cut down to the ground which didst weaken the nations? For thou hast said in thine heart, I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will sit also upon the mount of the congregation in the sides of the north. And I will ascend above the heights of the clouds, and I will be like the Most High. You see, that there was actually Lucifer's downfall. Pride entered into him. The Bible speaks of him actually as being one of the most beautiful creatures God ever created. And now, look at him. Yet thou shalt be brought down to hell, to the sides of the pit. In Isaiah 47, going over just a little bit more, Isaiah 47 
in verse 8 and then in verse 10. The Bible says here in Isaiah 47 and 8, Therefore hear now this, Thou that art given to pleasures, that dwellest carelessly, that sayest in thine heart, I am and none else beside me. I shall not sit as a window, as a widow, neither shall I know the loss of children. In verse 10, the Bible says, For thou hast trusted in thy wickedness, thou hast said, None seeth me, thy wisdom and thy knowledge, it hath perverted thee, and thou hast said in thy heart, I am and none else beside me. Folks, I want you, that's what Satan wanted. That's where Satan began to uh, indulge himself in this sin of covetousness. You see, I believe that's one of Satan's greatest sins was being a coveter. He coveted that which he could not have. He wanted the power. He wanted the throne of God. He wanted to sit higher than God. That's where sin actually began in the mind of that being that God had created. And in the mind of that being, sin came to man. Then, now, if you want to go to the, to the sin, the origin of sin in man, you do go back to Adam and Eve. That there's where, that there was their, their, their beginning. But what we're talking about tonight is the origin of sin in general. And it began with Lucifer, with Satan. That's where it began. The devil is a cunning and crafty being. Listen, you need to be very careful what you follow in this world. And I'll say that to our young people. I'll say that to our teens that are getting ready to graduate here this week or next week. Be very careful about who you follow in life. Because I'm telling you, there's a lot of those out there that will lead you into things just like Lucifer led Adam and Eve. And it has cost this world ever since. It has brought downfall to, to those who do so. But I want you to look secondly now at sin's ruin. Back in Genesis chapter 3 in verses 2 through 19, this is where we see the results of sin. The result of sin. The, the hideousness of sin, when it is accomplished, when it is fulfilled, it has brought forth a great deal of destruction in its wake. I said, and I think about all that we do. I mean, you go out and, and listen, I've already, I've already had to start hoeing and tilling and everything in my garden, which hasn't been out but a couple of, uh, ten days maybe, ten or twelve days. And I got to looking last night and I saw a carpet of green in those balks. You know how them little tiny things begin to creep up. A weed is a problem that sin brought about. But not just the weed, the thistle, the briars, and, and all that which cumbers the ground is a direct result of the ruination that sin has brought upon this earth, God's creation. You know, as we look at what God said about the earth in His creation, on the sixth day after 
after he had after he had created and made for for during those first six days. The Bible says, and God saw everything there in, in Genesis 1 and 31. And God saw everything that He hath made, and behold, it was very good. At the very beginning, God's image was upon anything and everything that was made. And it was good. Sin ruins. Sin ruins, folks. I want you to know as we bring these children into the world, we bring them into the world and they're, and they're beautiful, they're, they're, they're beautiful infants. But sin can ruin what was once a beautiful infant. Sin can destroy lives and we see it all the time. We see it all the time. You have to go to the funeral homes because of sin. You have to go to the funeral home and, and, and pay your respects to a mother and dad who has lost their son, who has lost their child. That's all because sin and its ruination of this world. God... Looked at all that he had created and he said, It is good, it's very good. The ruin was not just this or that, but sin had ruined everything. Even the ground that we walk upon, sin has ruined it. The reason why the multiple rows grows where nothing else will is because sin has ruined the ground. We was coming in today and my wife, we had to pull off a road to let a wide load come through and just down the road here and she looked, she said, oh, there's a thistle. And I went back to thinking about what God said about the ground and the earth. How it was going to be cursed and it was cursed because of Adam and Eve's sake. Because they went with what the serpent had said. Instead of with what God had already told them. When she looked at that and she saw that thistle, I saw trouble. A lot of people see a pretty purple bloom on it. What I see is destruction. What I see is hurt. And what I see is pain. And what I see is something that's going to cause a, a, a terrible infection when you get that thistle thorn in you. You know, in Ecclesiastes chapter 1, verses 2 and 3, it talks about death. And you know why death is there? It's because of sin. It's the ruination of humanity. That's what sin has done. It's caused death and brought death upon every individual in this house and in this world and who has ever been born from the time of Adam and Eve's birthing of their children, of Cain and Abel, all the way through to the last child that's been born this very second and that second and that second and that second listen sin was brought in and death has also come into that life all for sin's sake all the ruin of sin has brought destruction 
the book of Romans, chapter 6 and verse 23, speaks about the wages of sin is death. Folks, sin's passed upon all men, for all have sinned to come short of the glory of God. Now that's what God's Word says. That's the ruin of sin. That's the result of sin. It ruins everything. It ruins everything and it taints all. Even the lives of our little children. Listen, that's the reason why that we need to pray God's salvation to our young ones. We need to pray that God would bring salvation to our young adults and to our, to our, 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 our young married couples. Listen, they need, they need the sparing of death. The sparing of spiritual death. Now, death is coming to this old body because of sin. You see, these old bodies can't live forever. I mean, even Methuselah couldn't live forever. It seemed like he might have come close, but now he never. He's gone and now we're here. You could live to be 950 years or you could live to be, you could live to be 4,000 years and you're still going to die one day because death has come into these old bodies. Of course, nowadays, death comes into these old bodies a whole lot earlier than what it used to and back in the, the early, early days of the earth when men would live to be six, seven, eight, nine hundred years old. Men don't live that long no more, folks. Man's allotted time now upon the earth is 70 years. I want you to think about that. And very few, and there's a lot of a lot of men don't live that long today. You know why? Because sin has tore these bodies up. Sin has messed with the minds, has destroyed and distraught many. Sin messes with the the organs of our bodies, that's the ruination of sin. And that's a straight, direct result of what happened in the Garden of Eden. Death has passed upon all of us. For we have all sinned and come short of the glory of God. Now, lastly, I want you to look at the remedy of sin. You see, that's one of the great things about God's Word. It always gives you it always gives you the place of relief. Sin had an origin. It has a beginning. Sin has a, has a destitute plan which leads to destruction, ruination of, of all that it infects. But there is a remedy. His name is Jesus. That's the only remedy for sin, as a matter of fact. You cannot work your way out of sin. These old minds are just so affected by sin, they'll never stop sinning. They'll never stop bringing up evil thoughts in your mind about, about hatred, emulence, and, and all these things, and pride and covetousness. All those things that we look at and don't think too much about God says is sin. Even the very appearance the Bible says even the very appearance of sin 
is a transgression against God's law. The very appearance, perception, perception. What do people see when they look at you? Perception is a, is a, is a great uh, watchtower if men know exactly what to watch for. Perception. People watch us. And what we portray with our lives, we need to be very careful about because if we portray the wrong thing, we're, we're, we're passing on sin to somebody else. But there's a remedy. If you remember back in the Garden of Eden when, when Adam and Eve tried to cover their naked bodies up with the, with the aprons that they sewed fig leaves, they tried to cover themselves up with the, well, with what we call in the, in the ministry, they tried to cover themselves up with their good deeds and good works. Listen, you'll never cover sin. If you try to intend to cover it yourself, it'll always bust a seam somewhere because sin's itching to get out. But now, the Lord God, when when He had to, when He saw Adam and Eve, and and they said what they said, they hid themselves because they were naked. Their eyes were opened, and they realized that they were naked and sin began to come in to them. So what did God do? The fig leaves wouldn't cover them. It wouldn't hide what they had done. The only reason they had to hide what was done is because it was done before their nakedness never bothered them. It never occurred to them. But when they sinned, when they went against God, that's when they realized they were naked and they had to cover themselves. And it didn't work. But God, the Bible says, took and covered them with an animal skin. Something innocent had to die there to cover them. That's, that's where you get into uh, atonement which we'll go into next week. But I'm not going to go on that tonight because I want you to think about the remedy for sin. The remedy for where you're at right now, the way that you're living right now, whether you like it or not, is leading to hell if you don't know Jesus as your Savior. God took the innocence of a lamb and covered Adam and Eve in the garden. What did this do? This is a thought... As again, as we'll look a little deeper into next week in the doctrine of atonement. But it covered their nakedness. That's what atonement does. It covers. Atone means to cover. And that's what God done. He covered them so their nakedness would not be seen by Him. You know, that's what the blood of Jesus does for us. It atones or it covers us. So God does not see us as we are. That's the beauty of atonement. I mentioned the other night about the fact that when we die, our souls go straight to heaven. But these old bodies have got to wait for its, for its own atoning. In other words, for its own reconciliation, for its own change. 
We all need a covering now because of sin. Sin's remedy is Jesus Christ and Him crucified for sinners. In John chapter 3, again we read this famous portion of Scripture. I'm not afraid to use it again. For it is the power of God and the salvation to everyone that believeth to the Jew first and also to the Greek. Verse 14 says in John chapter 3, And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish but have eternal life. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Folks, He gave His only Son to make a covering for you. Just like that lamb that that He sacrificed there in the Garden of Eden for a covering for Adam and Eve. That lamb was a picture of Jesus Christ who was going to come and make an atonement for your sins to give you a proper covering. The Spirit Himself to cover you. I could go to Isaiah 52 and 53. And there we see again that lamb that was led to the slaughter. To make an atonement. To make a covering for you and me. There's the remedy for sin. There's the remedy for the origin of sin even. Because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. This is the only remedy for sin's curse, dear sinner friend. Matthew 11, verse 28 down through verse 30, he says, Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, I'll give you rest. You know what? It's a heavy burden to be carrying around the weight of the sin of just one person upon you. That's yourself. You say, well, preacher, I'm, I'm not all that bad of a person. You may not be that bad of a person. You may not have sinned a great deal in your life thus far. But just the fact that you're born into this world, the Bible says you're born into sin. And you need, you need that change in your life. Oh, may God help you tonight to realize that sin infiltrates everything that, it, that, it, that it's even close to. Sin is in this world because of Satan. You want to know why I hate a snake so much? That's the reason why I hate a snake so much, because he's cursed. And he's cursed by God. You know, I hear people say, oh, that ain't right. Folks, I want you to know something. The Bible's true, amen? The Bible says exactly what it says. And I want you to think about this for just a moment now as we come to a close. Sin had an origin. Man and woman's sin had an origin. And they both are heart issues. Whether it's the sin of Lucifer, whether it's the sin of the old serpent, or it was the sin of Adam and Eve, sins passed upon all that ever come into this world.
and you need a Savior, you need that remedy, come to Jesus. Come to Him tonight. Find that hope and that remedy in that one who will make a, a covering for you. May God bless our prayer. Let's all.